Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. The Dodfather, Dennis Dodd, massively talented CBS Sports College football insider, CBS Sports HQ analyst. Read him at cbsports.com. Follow him on Twitter at Dennis Dodd CBS. Good morning, Dodfather. How are you? I am great. You're right. My head is spinning <clears throat> with the portal, with coaching changes, with the CFP, with Jim Harbaugh. Let's play some football. Well, that's rock and roll. I am in the group that um, that's that's pissed off about where Ohio State is, and really about where Texas and Alabama are. Uh, but I don't cover this every day. I don't talk to people every day the way you do. When you look at the college football playoff committee's rankings that that came out yesterday, and specifically Ohio State and Texas and Alabama, how do you assess the job they did and what it means? Well, first of all, I think I learned in the BCS era that if you lose a game, you don't have much room to, to complain. You know, you, you can, but it's the undefeated teams that get in. And before answering that, I should mention that, Bill, for the first time in the 10-year history of the CFP, we've got four undefeateds at the top. And if they all win, it would be the first time we've had four undefeateds in the final rankings. So if any going forward, any discussion starts with if they all win, they're yep. in. I, I ain't no fine bomb. Florida state didn't turn into North Alabama. They're going to be in if they win the game in any, any form or fashion. They're the ACC champs. Um, and then your question, I'm sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no, it's good. I mean, like, let me ask you this, right? And I, and I agree. If all four of those teams win, they should all be in right. and kudos to them. But let's just say for the sake of argument, right, and I don't think this is unreasonably impossible, let's just say Oregon beats Washington, close game or otherwise, it could be a close game, Yeah. Alabama beats Georgia, and Texas, as expected, beats Oklahoma State, and obviously Texas is only losses to Oklahoma, and they've already beat Alabama. So Bama wins, Oregon wins, and... Right, those and those the, Yeah. So you've yeah, got well, two of the teams in the top four that you mentioned losing their first game. What do you do then? Right. Yeah, so you're assuming Michigan and Florida State win. So you've got right. two spots. Having seen, yeah, I'm from that, Iowa, so I'm definitely right, assuming right, Michigan right. wins. Yeah, yeah. That's that's the that's the uh, part of the Armageddon scenario where um, I I looked at the protocol and I have several times. There's three bullet points that they have to consider the selection committee. One is championships. One, okay, they're tied there. Two is uh, schedule strength. And this week, and this is from one of the metrics they use, schedule strength metrics, Texas was four, Alabama was 23, and Oregon is 69. Those are all going to improve uh, if they win. But let's just take those as they are. Might have to eliminate Oregon. Um, you know, they, they beat an undefeated. Uh, Pac-12 was the best team in the country. But I think what 
what separates this, and this has never happened before, the Texas win over Alabama has been the most, maybe the most significant win in CFP history. I'll tell you why. Um, because it could pit them head-to-head. Uh, the final tiebreaker that I didn't mention in this is head-to-head. And this wasn't, Bill, this wasn't a, a sneak-it-out win on September 9th at Bryant-Denny. It was the worst non-conference win for Alabama, loss for Alabama since 2004. Um, Texas won by 10. They picked off Jalen Milrow, now in Heisman candidate, twice, and held the ball for the last 7-14 of the game and ran out the clock without scoring. They dominated Alabama. I think that's the differentiator here um, if it comes down to that. I might be wrong. I think in that, in that scenario, I think uh, Oregon's out by a slim margin, and you've got to compare those two, and Texas is in, or Texas and Alabama in, in the case. Oh, you do. Dennis yeah, Dodd on the show. Is. So you, you think even though Ohio State is ahead of them at six and that we've never seen a team jump from beyond no. that point, Right. You think Texas and Alabama, Dennis Dodd, still have – they need help, but they still have a path forward to the Final Four. I do, um, because they'd be conference champions. Uh, Ohio State does, wouldn't have that data point. I think Ohio State's all but out of it, unless there's a scenario where you have to pick a team that didn't so much win its division and went 11-1 and versus a bunch of 12-1 and teams that may have lost their conference championship game. Even the losers, theoretically, would have an advantage over Ohio State. So, yeah, yeah, you've seen that. The, the biggest comeback on Pick'em Day has been at, from number six to get into the top four, Georgia in 17, Oklahoma in 19. Uh, that it, you would think that Texas and Alabama would have, uh, have little shot. But I'm telling you, they will leap over Ohio State. Uh, there's a possibility. It depends, it depends on what happens around them. The Armageddon scenario right. is if Iowa wins, Louisville wins, Texas, Oregon and Alabama win, then what do you do? Everybody's 12-1. and one. If you had to look at an upset in one of these games, Louisville against Florida State or Iowa against Michigan, I'm not including Oregon in, in, in that equation, or I guess Oklahoma State, which yeah. of those three teams do you think have the best chance in this conference championship game to, to surprise? I think Louisville. Um, they've lost twice. Uh, they, they got you know absolutely no... Uh, no, no pressure on them at all. They're supposed to lose. You know, they come off a bad performance last week um, at home against Kentucky. Let it fly. Jeff Brown's pretty good in these type of games. I don't know his record against top five teams or anything like that. But I, the, the reason he's at Louisville back at his home, you know, back at his, uh, his alma mater, is beating Ohio State. That in, inconceivable win against Ohio State in 2018. Now, he didn't do much after that, but he seems to play up well. Florida State with a backup quarterback on a neutral field. Um, now, you said best chance. I do think Florida State's going to win the game because if they win this game, what they've done becomes a strength, not a weakness. They, they beat one at Florida and against a borderline top 10 Louisville with a backup quarterback. So I think that would be a great – and obviously I said if they win, they're in. But uh, the other one is, look – how did Wa- how did Washington become what is it now a nine and a half point underdog again on a neutral field I guess Las Vegas where the game is is really taking into account they've played these last eight games they've won them by a total of I think forty eight points I think that becomes a strength for them I think that becomes um, you know what they are at the moment I know Oregon has played 
what's the word, more efficient, maybe that's it. Um, they're a more complete team running the ball with Bo Nix. But, boy, if I was a betting man, I'd get all over Washington. I don't think this is going to be a double-digit game. Not saying not saying uh, Washington will win, because I think Oregon probably will. But I wouldn't consider, you know, the upset, the biggest upset would be Washington beating Oregon, to me. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. on paper. Uh, Dennis Dodd here on the show. Dennis, what is more likely, or maybe they're the same odds for you, Michigan ending this circus as national champions or Harbaugh coaching somewhere else next year? Ooh, that's interesting. Um, I think both could happen. (laughs) (laughs) I I think they could, I think he could win a national championship and he could walk off at some point in the off season. What a weird, weird season for them. I was there Saturday and and Sharon Moore, by the way, is the winningest coach in college football at the moment. Uh, The acting coach, he's 4-0. Don't forget he had you know had three at the end and in uh, one beginning of the season was also suspended himself for the season opener. Uh, people forget about that, but he coached in the Ohio State game. I said he coached in the Penn State game like Jim Harbaugh was looking over his shoulder. Last thirty-two plays runs. Okay, let's get out of here and win. He coached Saturday like he ran the program. Um, and I thought he was very aggressive. He said it himself. We know the three fourth downs they converted, option pass. I think this team can win a national championship just because of the way they play. For whatever reason, against TCU, they screwed up. They got caught up last year in a shootout, should have won the game. We know from the Georgia result that TCU probably wasn't, you know, probably wasn't as good as Michigan. I can't explain that game. Um, but the way they play, pound the ball, um, number one defense in the country, and then take your shots with play action um, or zone read or mesh or whatever – I think they got a shot. I think they're really, really good. What um, I guess I like chaos, and and I do like Nick Saban. What kind of odds do you give Alabama to be able to beat this Georgia team? Oh, a lot. Um, Jalen Milrose playing at the top of his game. Um, look, uh, Georgia's the best team, but I think in Atlanta, there's not going to be a. It's going to be a neutral field because both teams are going to have their fans there, even though Georgia is 77 miles away. Uh, Alabama, since the Texas game, Alabama's just gotten better. And you saw um, Kirby Smart compare Jalen Milrow to uh, not Tim Tebow, but Lamar Jackson this week. I don't know if that was a good comparison because Lamar Jackson is, is a supreme athlete, but he makes his mistakes too, but he forgets them and comes back, and that's what this kid has done. Uh, the difference, I think, maybe for Georgia, and this sounds really simple, Georgia can tackle. Um, he is such a specimen, Milro, 6'2", 240 now, uh, that he breaks a lot of tackles. Georgia will tackle you. So those 20-yard scrambles turn into five-yard games. They're very get a, good on the back end because Kirby Smart, you know, that's his, that's his position. That's where he was. Um, so can he get downfield? I don't think they'll convert many fourths and 31s. But I, but I think Alabama is supremely capable. This is Nick Saban's best coaching job at Alabama, I think, by far. I think a lot of people would agree with that. Um, you know, and, and I should mention one more thing. If, uh, if Alabama wins, there's a better chance. This is from Jerry Palm, not, not me, Jerry Palm, our, our expert. If Alabama wins, there's a better chance the SEC is left out than gets one in. 
So you think that if Alabama wins, and let's say they even win decisively enough that it's a couple possessions, right? And they and they look like the better football team, not just the team that wins. You think Georgia's out? I I should correct myself. There's a better chance if Alabama wins of the SEC not getting any in than getting two in, right? Because now you're talking about Georgia dropping from one to five, and that's what I'm told. Now again, what happens around them? What is the margin of victory? Yep. We don't know that. But, yeah, I, I, I definitely think Texas and Alabama are in this thing just because of what I just mentioned. Alabama can knock off number one. How do you leave them out if you do that as SEC champions? By the way, first time that would have happened since 2004 uh, that they didn't play, that the conference didn't play for a national championship. Um, you know, so you'd be coming from eight, but you still got Texas sitting there with that big, big, big head to head. And so what does the committee do? This is, has the potential to be the most delicious uh, selection Sunday ever. I can't wait. And I hope you're right because I was outraged when I saw Ohio State because to me it looks like a blocker for the committee not to have to make these difficult decisions. Uh, Dennis, last one for you. We, me included, can get caught up in, in moments, in momentum. Colorado has been a tale of two very, very different seasons. Yeah. It has been the be- the best of times, Mr. Dickens, and then it has been the worst of times. What do you? What is your current evaluation of what you think Deion Sanders will or will not accomplish at Colorado with the information we have now? Um, I I think there's a lot to clean up there. I thought the fire, not the fire, the demotion of the offensive coordinator uh, Sean Lewis is really, really good and respected in the industry. Was knee jerk. Looks like he's may become the next coach at San Diego State. Uh, a couple of other coaches have left. Putting the blame on players after losses, that's not a good look. And he won't be able to do what he did this year, getting 69 players out of the portal, because first-year coaches can put guys on scholarship and quote-unquote cut them as long as they keep their scholarship. Can't do that now. He's in the second year. When I was there in September chronicling the whole story, I just kind of ran across, okay, all the hype and everything. Where is Colorado in the recruiting rankings? They were 69th in September. They're 65th now and 24-7. So it's got, it's got to get a lot better. And at some point, Bill, you know this, you've got to develop players. Um, even if you're flipping a roster, you've got to have player development. And it certainly didn't happen on the offensive and defensive lines, which was their biggest uh, deficit this year. So, Where's it going to be? Uh, I think that's up to Dion. I, I think if he sticks around, he'll get him to a bowl. There's definitely progress. That was from one and eleven to four and eight, from the worst Power Five conference in my Power Five team program, in my opinion, to four and eight is de facto progress. But you're going into a new league. Um, you know, I, I just read something today where you know Dion wanted to get back into Texas and Florida recruiting, um, and they wanted to go to Big Twelve. I don't think they have many players from Texas or or Florida, so they've got to get into that. They've got to roll up their sleeves because uh, Den- it's going to be yeah. tough. It's Dennis. There's a there's a Chinese proverb that people don't realize is actually a curse, and I think of it a lot, and it, I think it applies to the committee. May you live in interesting times. I cannot okay. remember a more interesting <laughs> time in college football than what we have just discussed and will be uh, privy to o- over the next week. I agree. And I, I'll, let me say one more thing about Ohio State. They, they, to where they are in the standings, they didn't get blown out. 
it wasn't it wasn't Lou Holtz saying, well, they're not physical enough. They were more than physical. They lost a close game by six points on the road. They responded second half with a 75-yard drive to tie it, 17-17, responded to cut it to three, and there were two, two turnovers. I mean, that simplifies it, but it feels like a 50-yard. It feels like a 50-point loss, I know, at Ohio State. But it, in terms of where they stand right now, it wasn't disgraceful. It was, it was a good old slobber knocker, and, and Ohio yep. State lost. Yeah, really great team that just you can't win everything, and life right. isn't always fair in terms right. of second chances. Yeah. Um, I love it. I cannot wait for the weekend. Uh, Dennis Dodd, my friend, I know it's a busy time. I know it's a crazy time. Thanks, for, as always, for, for, for hopping on. You bet, Bill. Thanks. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.